You are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2021 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Father, we just thank you for each person here. And whether they are experiencing anxiety a lot of the time or just a little time or they're just here for someone else, I just pray, Lord, that you will help them today to let go of some of the things that they have in their heart that they have been upset over, angry over, hurt by, um, people that have disappointed them, frustrated them. I pray for people who are um, self-loathing and have some hatred. And I pray, Lord, that you will put in a new disc in their brain and help them to see you um, as the person who loves us unconditionally, and who sees us in such a worthy way that we are actually going to go to heaven with you one day. I thank you, Lord, that, that each day when we ask for forgiveness of our sins, that you separate them from us. Help us not to keep digging them up and dragging them with us, but I pray, Lord, that you will be with us, each one of us, and you will forgive us for all of the things that we have done. And thank you, Lord, for making us a new creature in you. In your holy name, amen. I think that that is something that we need to be doing every day. We're really good about praying for other people, but we need to be praying about ourselves, do we not? So, we also need to refute the things that the devil says to us. If the devil says, you're such a dirty sinner, there's no hope for you, what would you like to say back? Get, get behind. Actually, that is really what... Who said that? Oh, okay. Behind there. Okay. So anyhow, isn't that what Jesus did? Get thee behind me. Said Now, was that a command or was that a... If you want to, get behind me. It's a command. Do we have the right to command the devil to get rid of... I mean, to get rid of the devil? Absolutely. So don't be, by default, just hoping that the devil will quit, right? We need to actually do that. What about when the devil says, your family is falling apart, there's no hope? Doesn't God answer prayer? Yes. So why not pray for them? Absolutely. How about when the devil says, um, your life is a real mess up. I don't even know why you were born. What do you say? Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and he saved me, and I'm his, right? Isn't that encouraging? If you stick to the other way of thinking, how do you feel? Defeated, discouraged, unhopeful? Yeah. But when you think about Jesus is my healer, he loves me, and I'm his child, how do you feel? Empowered? Excited? Ready? Do you notice how when you change the way you think, you change the way you feel? Very important. We're going to keep on saying some of those things. If someone can trigger you into a bad mood by walking into the room, who's got the power? They do. Do you know that the Lord doesn't want you to be enslaved? The Lord came to what? Well, let's read that verse. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Is that a, is that a hope or is that a promise? Mm -hmm. Isn't that a wonderful promise? 
And too many times when we have anxiety, we are a slave to our anxiety. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen in the classroom. I hope it doesn't happen when I walk into the church. We are very fearful about what's going to happen. We need to recognize that the Lord wants to set us free, so we need to do that little self-talk, which is, God, thank you for being with me. I know that you can help me. By the way, how many of you admit, I don't want you to put your hands up, admit that you think often throughout the day, I wonder what people think about me? I told you I like Daniel Amen. Could we close one of the doors? I just I hear walkie talkies and things like that. And I get I get yeah. So Daniel Amen. I told you that I really enjoy him and I've been in his classes. And he is a Christian psychiatrist, but he is not an Adventist psychiatrist. And he said we worry too much about what others think about us, and that often will take us into a lot of anxiety. And he said, because we want to protect ourselves, or we want to defend ourselves, or we think we have an ego that we have to protect. And he said, we need, you know, he said something about, you know, we need to recognize that that's not going to get us anywhere. I think, taking that farther, that when we focus on ourselves all the time, we become self-focused, right? By beholding, we become changed. Who should we be holding? Christ. So he said in one of his lectures that I attended, there's that 18-40-60 rule. When you're 18, you worry about what everyone thinks of you. When you're 40, you just don't care. And when you're 60, you realize no one's even been thinking about what you at all, you know? <laughs> I thought that was a good one. And here's another one, and that is that when we're thinking in those negative ways, it weighs us down, doesn't it? Our hearts. How many of you have just felt that pressure on your chest when you've been worried about something? Or you've been angry about something? Or you've been hurt? Some people tell me, it just hurts right here in my stomach. Some people will say, it hurts right here. Some people say, the world just looks black to me. It's just very colorless. So Proverbs 12:25. let's read it. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. So, kind words. Hmm. How many of you have heard we need to do positive thinking? I think it's garbage. I don't believe in, oh, everything is so wonderful. Like, I don't believe in flattery. I don't believe in, you're just the best-looking little boy. You're going to be just a hook, line, and sinker for some little girl someday. Have you ever heard that kind of stuff? Why not? You know, the Lord has a plan for your life, and I know that you're going to grow into being a great person, you know? If you just stay close to the Lord, and like we need to talk about reality. I believe in saying things that are reality, but anxious people tend to think about the most negative possible things, the worst case scenarios, the most ca catastrophic ways of thinking. And so we have to change the way that we think. We have also talked about how anxiety can hurt us physically, emotionally, and how those symptoms are, okay, yell some symptoms out. Symptoms of anxiety. Chest pain, headaches, fatigue, tired, rapid breathing. <laughs> Actually, sometimes people feel like they can't get enough breath. What? Yes, the heart rate starts, sweatiness. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry? Getting shaky, yeah. You've seen people, they do this, yeah. 
right. Yep. And many times when they have those symptoms, their thoughts go to, I wonder if I will die. That's another thing. Actually, you ask people, do you think that you're dying of a disease? And a lot of people with anxiety will say, well, I wonder. I don't know if I've been diagnosed. A lot of them go to the doctor a lot of times and don't find anything. Which, by the way, I, I believe it was a nurse that came up to me and said, you were talking about the ER and how people go there for a, what they think is a heart attack and they don't say anything. But, oh, it was you. You. Oh, you're the biller? And she said, the reason they don't say it often isn't just for liability. It's because they don't get paid in the ER if they think it's just anxiety. They have to check for a heart problem. But it does a real number on your brain when you say, I don't know what's wrong and I could die. They didn't figure it out. So anyhow, yesterday I said, do I have any volunteers to try out anything? I don't know. If any of you put your hand up, did any of you try out some of the solutions that we talked about, the techniques? Anybody? <gasps> you mean nobody did? Oh, you did? <coughs> oh, thankful. So you did the breathing technique. Can you tell us what you did? Because there were, we actually have several breathing techniques. Did you do the 747 one that we practiced? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So how, did you do it because you were just practicing or because you felt anxious about something? <laughs> that would mean that you need to do a lot of breathing. Yes. Yeah, feeding them is hard. And when this one has yeah. Did you? So tell me, did it make you feel calmer? Yes, okay. Actually, it fools your limbic system. It is when I I give clients all of those things. By the way, I have these proven techniques that help people, and we passed them out yesterday. And if you're new, you might want to come get one. But anyway, there were lots of techniques. I wanted people to practice some of those, and we talked about some of them in class. You can come get it after the session. Oh, okay. Oh, you were saying you were a helper. Okay, so just a moment. So you did that, and actually you felt some, some relaxation. So when I've had people try out a lot of the techniques, the majority of them come back and tell me that the breathing technique was the help, help them the most. And I want you to know that when you're in an anxiety attack, you are not, or a panic attack, you are not always able to do that. It's always better to do it as a prevention. So, okay. So, yes, you did I, one. I don't know if it's in the paper. I didn't read it. Okay. But, um, you didn't it. read it? I did not. I did, I did you, not read the paper. You did not read the paper. Right, right. Okay. I don't know if this is in it or not. Okay. But, um, I was breathing for 10 seconds. Hold it. For um, five seconds, mm -hmm. and then when I release, I make a vibration in my chest, and um, like a motor. Yeah, like a feel like a, you know. Well, this is an unusual one. I want to hear all about this. Mm-hmm. So, so you you let it out until you feel like there's all the air is gone. I have to repeat, yeah. huh? And how did you feel after doing that? Oh, amazing. Is that right? Yeah. And the people in the cabin next to you thought you were purring all night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's really good. I want you to know there are all kinds of breathing exercises. We did. We do have some. Again, 
on the, um, the MISDA.org handouts, whatever, I'll show it again to you at the end. What we realized is that we didn't put the period on it, and now it works. So, okay. You didn't try it yesterday, and you're no, going to tell me that. Oh, okay, okay. Something that's helped you. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to have to re repeat that. So she, um, one of the things that she tried out was the five senses. She had seen this on a video, and she's tried it out before. Five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. Actually, that sounds really interesting. That's in the middle of a panic. I like that. That's a really good one. And I already had that in there, huh? You did. Oh. And I don't even remember it. Okay. It's amazing. I've been working on this for months, so I'm glad that that worked for you. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, that's hard. So one of the things that we do is when we're in touch with our senses, it diverts us from where we're at at that time, and it seems to help us. I do want to say to you that um, it's important that if you have never addressed your anxiety, that it's good to go see a physician. Physicians often will suggest medications. Somebody brought that up this morning, that they tried medications. It's hard to get off of medications when you do that. There are other options. Sometimes you medication is, I, I always think of it as a last resort thing, but I would never want to tell you not to do what your physician said. It's you and the physician making a decision. And there are people who have tried all of these options, but it's the medication that seems to help them the most. So um, here are some of the drugs that they often use pe on people. And again, I want you to know that anti-anxiety are usually highly addictive. There's Buspar that is not addictive, but their Valium and Xanax and benzo benzodiazepines are addictive. Antidepressants are not as addictive, but as she said, it's hard to get off of them. And one of your um, handouts is on herbal supplements and protocols. I want you to know I'm not diagnosing and I'm not prescribing. This is something that has been, um, our clients have told us about. I work for Abide, which is an Adventist counseling service online. And Jennifer Schwerzer put a list together. I added a few more things. And um, there is also Daniel Amen, who also gave some suggestions. And I'm going to tell you about that here, too. He said that Sam E., you've probably seen that in the store, helps with your mood. Um, somebody was talking about restless legs. I said, well, iron helped me with that. They'd been put on an antidepressant for that. Magnesium also helps with anxiety. Green tea, he suggests that. I don't think he's worried about the caffeine. I think that most Adventists may be worried about that caffeine. And I guess there are some green teas that don't have caffeine. Um, he talks about GABA. He has his own um, vitamin line. I remember going to his classes because he kept telling people what would be good for them. And he came up with his own vitamin line because he got tired of telling people how, what kinds of things were good for them. So I don't think that that was his money-making thing, but anyway. And then um, there are people who can't sleep at night. How many of you have tried any of the sleepy time teas? 
Any of you tried that? And has that been successful? Yep. You just have to get up and go to the bathroom, huh? When you're at my age, right? But anyhow, I understand that those are somewhat some helpful. Are they chamomile? Some of them, and yeah. So just to know, uh, another thing that Daniel Amen said is that you know there are many things that we can help, and one of the things is that we need to eat healthy, healthy foods. But he's found that there are people who have um, deficiencies, and those deficiencies add to their anxiety. So feel free to take pictures if you want of those things. So, there are a lot of people who say when something happens, well, what'd you expect? That's just how it is. Anybody remember Winnie the Pooh? Is it Igor? Eeyore. Well, I never watched it, you know? I'm like, Eeyore, woe is me. Life is so hard. Yes, yes, younger people, like, they know that, right? Oh, I've had such a hard life. But a lot of people kind of do that, like, you know, that's how it is. There's, you know, this whole, I remember one of my first counseling things in the 70s. You know, they were still smoking in your offices, and this guy brought in his teenager that was really difficult. And the guy was really an old hippie, and he had his his jeans, he folded them up, and that's where he, because he saw there was no ashtray in my office. And he kept smoking and putting the ashes in the cuff of his jeans. And I said, so can you tell me about why you're concerned about your son? He goes, I'm not concerned. This is just how all these kids are acting now. The whole world is all messed up, and he's just one of them. And I thought, well, I guess we're not going to have any success in working with his father to help him, are we? There's people who just think by default, there's nothing I can do, right? We need to take the bull by the horns. The Lord has given us the power. He says he, when we were um, baptized, when we, were, we came to him, he gave us self-control. Like, we're not using that. We need to call on the angels to help us get those things working. Because we need to say, you know, oh, instead of, oh, here we go again. Like, oh, the Lord and I have got something to work out, right? <laughs> or, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't see this happening. But you know what? Every day with God is a new day and we'll figure it out. Like, we need to think about things in a reality way. Here's another one. Prayer and meditation. Now, there's people who go, oh, that's a new age concept. I notice that I do this. Do you see the board when I do that? Okay. That's a new age concept, you know, the meditation. But there are scriptures in the Bible that shows the old, in the Old Testament, I think it was about three or four people that talked about that I meditate on your word all day, or that they went into the wilderness to meditate on the word of God. So meditate means that we're going to really focus on our Bible study and prayer. And it's very important journaling. Some of you, I see writing things down. I want you to know that that is a much better way of remembering what we're talking about than to hear it verbally. We need to do that. It's very important so we can review our notes and say, we're, are, we, are we accountable to what we're doing? And journaling's the same way. How many of you pray and you know you go here and there and everywhere? Like I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh God, it's so nice to be with you. Thank you for another day. And boy, I really need to work on that anxiety seminar. And you know, those people are going to really be wondering what I do. And you know, I need a personal story for that one. Oh, and, and then God, thank you for letting me be here. And I want to work with you, of course, on that anxiety thing. And then, you know, 
I wonder if, if somebody else that I was working with, if they'd let me use their... Have any of you do that? Oh, you thought that was ADD? That's called life, I think, and, and ADD makes it even worse, right? However, writing things down is really important. How many of you have journaled at one time? Oh, praise the Lord. You know what? We moved. I, I have to tell you, my husband, what a, what a blessing he is. He's really serious on his devotions, and he journals, and um, he doesn't let me look in his journals. I really want to look at him. I want to know what he thinks about certain things, but I have been private. I haven't looked at him. And we went to move all the things in our basement, and he had about 200 journals. I kind of wonder if they were about me now. <laughs> like 200 of them. Nobody knows the trouble he's seen. What? I know. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my. But I meant 200 journals, and I'm like, that's really a walk with God, isn't it? And if you need journaling ideas, I really am impressed with journaling. Actually, I have a book on Amazon called Journaling with Jesus. But anyway, journaling is really important because you can see your movement and you can see where you're going and how the Lord's blessing you and how he's answering your prayers. And you can review some of those things and be encouraged. And remember that when you die, if you don't burn them, like my husband burned them. Yeah, he burned them, like before I could peek in them. But anyway, um, if you don't burn them, remember that they'll probably read them at your funeral. So I've seen that happen too. So anyways, very important. Here's another thing that they said about prayer and meditation. They are learning all kinds of things about this. That um, Oh, i got to go to the next screen. That writing down words can give us a visual that helps us see our progress. No, that's not what I was looking for. Oh, that praying helps us with aging. How many of you want to be younger? 12 minutes a day slows the age-related decline of the frontal lobe, protecting it from loss of memory. So if you're getting forgetful, maybe you need to be praying more. Here's another thing. Prayer decreases the pulse rate, slows the breathing rate, and decreases the blood pressure. Well, that would be exactly the opposite of anxiety, wouldn't it? It also says that, um, that research shows that when people are praying for us, we also benefit from that. That they looked at people in hospitals that didn't know they were being prayed for, and they had fewer complications on the floors that were being prayed for by strangers than the ones that were on the opposite floors. Complications and deaths. So that was interesting. And the other thing is prayer and meditation decreases the stress hormones in our body. So do you recognize that this is pretty powerful, isn't it? All right, so how many of you play an instrument? How many of you try to play an instrument? How many of you had a chance to play, but you never did continue to play it? Yeah, I have done some of that. And it says that, uh, oh, by the way, where do we have it in the Bible about um, anyone playing an instrument? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Why did he play to uh, Saul? Because Saul was feeling dark, right? And it seemed to counteract his stress. And research says that music counteracts stress, buoys up your mood, fends off depression and anxiety, improves blood flow to the brain, and actually it, it um, improves blood flow that produces similar effects to statins, which are decreasing your, um, your cholesterol. Isn't that interesting? 
They also said that it eases pain. If you have pain, music helps with pain. And that when you listen to it before surgery, it lowers your complications. And there were other studies. I'm just looking at all the studies out there that says that it calms people's anxiety. So U of M, there's a therapist, a music therapist here, Bob Huffman. He said, music lets us express our feelings and emotions where sometimes words fall short. I can tell you many times I've been in the intensive care rooms with families just playing my calm guitar music, and all of a sudden I see tears pouring down the faces of family members that could not express themselves. And another music therapist, Jenny Rooks, said that um, we should create our own music playlist. That if there are songs that are calming to you, you should put them in a list and learn to listen to them, especially when you're feeling distressed. Does that sound good? How many of you know that music is really good for you? And some people say that the only music to listen to is classical. I think I would get in a dark mood if I had to do that. But anyway, I'm just telling you, that's my bias, but I like happy Sabbath songs, okay? By the way, old hymns. See, a lot of people don't like hymns anymore, especially in their churches. And the hymns, they found out that people who listen to hymns are very encouraged and that it increases their spiritual feelings about God. That's an encouraging thing. But now we're going to talk about ants. Can you say ants? Ants. We're going to wipe off those ants off your faces because people who are anxious are covered with ants. And that's because when they're thinking about, what is it? Automatic negative thoughts. That means that they are covered with ants. Those are automatic. Now, automatic means that we don't have any control over them. But once we think about what we're thinking about, does that make sense? Think about what you're thinking about. When you realize that you are thinking about it, you want to change how you're thinking. Every time we have an ant, the brain releases stress hormones. Ooh, isn't that fun? They impact how we feel. The limbic system gets activated, the anxiety is, tri is triggered, and we can rethink and rewrite the way we're thinking. Do you believe that? We need to kill those ants. I don't know, any of you had an ant eater in your house? Nope. You're going to have to have an imaginary one, but you can get those ants all eaten up, okay? We can fear dying, too. Obsessive, disordered people often fear that they're going to die or that they're going to do something crazy, and then they're fearful even though they never, ever did it. So kind of they get infested with ants. So it's very important to stop the what if. What's wrong with what if? It's not reality. Well, isn't that a big thing? What else? What does it do to us? Makes us worry. We think we're waiting for a catastrophe, something terrible to happen. And actually, do you think that it's that when you think about it from a Christian perspective? No. <laughs> when you think about it from a Christian perspective, what's wrong with what ifs? You have a lack of faith because you're expecting what? Me to do something about everything, and I'm thinking that I'm the one in charge. And so actually it's a faithless way of thinking. Now, that doesn't make you bad. It's something we have to work on, right? It means that we don't want to do that. 
can what if thinking be prideful? I've got to take care of everything. Nobody else. Actually, people who have conspiracy issues, they're always thinking about everybody's out to get me. I'm going to have to take care of everything. They're trying to bamboozle us. They're trying to take the, they're trying to put the coat over our eyes. We have to be watching out because really God is in control, isn't he? And every day he's going to tell us what to do. And the Bible doesn't tell us that we're going to all die from a certain thing. It tells us exactly what's going to happen in the end. We need to not be making things up. This is not demonic possession. This is just the devil trying to impact our thinking. So sometimes the worst case scenario is not as bad as it seems. So when you say, I'm afraid of something, you could go, but but if that happens, what will you do? Well, then I might do the. And then you say, and if that, like, I had kids who are graduating, and I'm going to, when I get that diploma, I'm going to fall on my face, and I'm going to be embarrassed. And you say, and what will you do? Well, I'll probably have to get up. And then what will you do? Well, then I'll probably get my diploma, okay? And then what? And then I'll walk off the stage, and okay, and then what? Then I'll probably go back and sit in my chair. And they're like, oh, I guess I could do that. So sometimes we need to say, stop being what if. Think of your brain as a muscle. Any physical therapists here? Okay, what happens if we don't use our muscle? Atrophy. Our brain is like a muscle. So when we allow thoughts or ants to come in the doors of our brain and we just let them go wherever they want, what happens? It atrophies. But when we say, I am not going to allow those ants, or if they're bad thoughts, I'm going to say, Satan, get behind me, or Lord, help me to get through this. It's very important because your muscle starts to get stronger. more that we practice to get those ants out of our head, the stronger we are. By the way, there is stinking thinking. How many of you heard of that? Another one of our, our handouts is stinking thinking. And you can also Google that. It's part of the AA program, stinking thinking. But I'm just going to go over some of it. And that one of those things is catastrophizing thinking that everything is the worst it could ever be. And it really cripples your human spirit. It gives you hopelessness, and you get really worried. There's something about us that we want truth. We want truth. And when we tell ourselves a mistruth, there's something that just discourages us. We need to think about things in the best way. God's going to be with us. It's a sick way of thinking, and it really does make us unhealthy. It makes us miserable. Um, and it takes hope away from God's ability to help us too, doesn't it? It makes us paranoid. Here's another one. Emotional reasoning. You believe that because you feel something, it must be true. Well, if I don't feel good, it must be that we're all being poisoned right now. Right? Or um, if, if I don't feel good about this lecture, then I just need to just forget about it and walk out. Like, really? A lot of people give up, don't they, before they should give up? Here's another one. You believe that your life happens to you and you minimize the effects. You go, somebody says, you know, uh, it looks like somebody's hitting your car and you go, oh, well, that's just how things are. But it would be really nice, wouldn't it be, if if you went out and tried to meet the person and get their license? Like too many of us are sleeping when we need to be not. Okay, here's another one. Mind reading. I know exactly what they think. I know exactly what they're feeling. I know I can tell, I can, before they even get the words out, I'm going to tell them what they were thinking. Have you ever had that? Is that annoying? Mm -hmm. How about first 
first impressions, I know they're a bad person. I know I'm not going to get along with them. Have you ever been wrong about first impressions? Do you ever think that maybe the devil is behind it and he's been stirring the pot and he hopes that you won't like them so that you won't have an impact on them? So this is some of the thinking that really hurts us. What about martyr, being a martyr? Woe is me. We already talked about that. Very important. Personalizing. My husband's a pastor. He's been a pastor for 44 years. And it has happened many times when he's speaking that just because he says something about a situation, somebody in the congregation will go, you must have known that I had that problem. You, were ta- you must have been talking to, to so-and-so because you, you were talking about me. And he's like, really, ma'am, I, I don't know anything about... No, I know you were... That's why you did a sermon on that. How about when somebody does something and you go, yep, they did it on purpose. They knew how I was going to feel about that. When we think that way, what do you think it does to our anxiety? Right? So you got that, right? We can go on. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Best thing that you can do with anxiety, which is to refute the way you're thinking, which is in the wrong way, and making it corrected, and so that you can change your feelings. CBT is the most effective form of treatment, and they say that when it comes to anxiety, 50 to 75% of people will get through their anxiety if they're practicing that on a regular basis consistently. So see, you had all these options. You're going to be over the top healthy, right? Are you with me? Getting sleepy? Got warmer in here. Maybe we should open the door again. All right. You may need a therapist to work with you on this because sometimes accountability is good and you go, so where are we at and what did you do and did you try this out? And remember, we were going to have some techniques that you were going to work on just yesterday and you forgot today. (laughs) So it's really good to have somebody that helps you. There are people who say that they cannot change their thinking. Do you agree with that? How many of you could say you can't change your thinking? Really? Wow, that's pretty impressive. Okay, right now, I would like you to think about, I'm going to take just 30 seconds. You can't fall asleep during that 30 seconds. 30 seconds, I would like you to think about an experience where someone said something to you that was unkind, not solicited, and it just, you know, we're going to talk about how you felt about that. So could you think about that for right now? Somebody said something unkind to you. It's hard to forget. Actually, they say 64 compliments before you start to unlearn that one. Okay, stop. How are you feeling when you think about it? Angry, sad, hurt, discouraged, frustrated, irritated, upset. Mm-hmm. Angry, yeah, we already said angry, okay? That's, it's really hard, isn't it, when people say things? By the way, are people going to say things? So you better not go, if they say something, I'm going to be. Because they are going to say something, aren't they? They're human. Go ahead. That's one person's opinion at that moment, right? Years ago, somebody told me I would always be a messy person, and today I'm working on starting a professional organizing business. <laughs> Did you hear that? She, I have to say that on here. 
which is that somebody told her she was a messy person, and today she's starting an organization to organize people. I'm like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Wow, that's very many. People don't know all about us, do they, when they start to make their comments? Okay. When they say that you are okay, I'm like, so when they say that you're a certain way you can't, and that you can't change, that's a lie. Because the truth is, with God's help, we can do anything, right? Okay, so I'd like you to take a deep breath. Let's do a 747. Hold it. Okay, let it out. Okay, I would like you to um, think right now for 30 seconds a compliment that somebody gave you unsolicited, maybe surprised you, but it was a compliment. They seem to really mean it about you. I'd like you to think about that for right now. Okay, stop. When you think about that compliment, what feelings do you get? Happy? Empowered. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Pleased. Happy feelings. Cushy. Gushy. Gushy like gushy goo or okay. Comfortable, right? Did you notice like one minute ago you were feeling really sad and and right now you're feeling happy? What is that an illustration of? By the way we think what? We change our feelings. Actually, Daniel May amended that with us in class. So um, isn't that an amazing reminder that we are very fixable and God can change us? And with God's help, he's the glue that really makes it stick. So we need to know that. By the way, the God gave us a, a command about not being stressed. Let's read that. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I get a lot of Christians that are very fearful about what's going to happen in the end times. Is that for us to worry about today? May, could there be a chance that we won't go through it? Could there be a chance that we will go through it? And who will be with us at that time? And will I actually on my own strength be able to help myself with what's going on? So... I just want you to know God is on his throne and he will help us and we have to let tomorrow take care of itself. The Lord is going to do what he needs to do. He will help us. Okay. Um, there should be nothing that you have to worry about because God's got big shoulders, right? Here's some unhelpful thoughts. These are just things that we often say. So I'm going to Let's let, I'm going to do a little game with you, okay? I'm just going to point at one of them, and I want one of you to refute it. So I'm going to give you an illustration. I'm no good at this. Instead, I would say, I may not be good right now, but I can actually practice till I'm better, right? Does that sound good? Okay, I'm your mark. Get set. This is stupid. I'm smart, and I can do this. What? Stupid do what? Stupid is, a stupid does, okay. Um, I'm hopeless. What was that? Wait. Not in Christ. I have lots of hope with Christ, right? 
I can go somewhere. The Lord's going to help me with this. Okay, good. I'm going to make a fool of myself. (laughs) I'm going to try my best. Isn't that all the Lord asks of us? Actually, that's all a parent should be asking their kid to do their very best. Here's some other things, which is helpful green thoughts. I'm going to give this a shot. I'll get in there in the end. This won't be so bad. I can find a solution. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All right. Here's another thing. I want you to know that I I love biology. Well, I don't love biology. I love to hear about certain certain things in biology. And what I found is that when you have a, a repetitive thought, I'm no good at this, I'm no good at this, people hate me, people hate me, that it makes a groove in your brain, actually. Did you know that? It makes a groove in your brain where the pathways go. How many of you are old like me and you remember records with a scratch? And where does the needle go? In the scratch. Right? Well, guess what? When your brain thinks something is so important, it makes that groove, and it keeps on trying to remind you that if you were thinking about it so often, it must be that you need to remember it, so it keeps on making that groove. And so a lot of your thoughts are going by it, but it keeps on getting stuck in the groove, and then you go back to that thought. How do we do that? How do we change that? We counteract it with doing the right things, where we say the right things, and then that groove starts to, um, if, if we keep on working on, like, I can do things through Christ, and the Lord loves me, and I'm going to be, I'm going to do the best with his help or whatever, like that groove starts to get minimized and other little grooves that are positive help. People go, but it's so hard to change my thinking. Well, guess what? The more you work on something, the better it gets and it minimizes that other groove in your head. Does that sound good? So you got a picture in your head? By the way, we remember things by word pictures. So think about the groove in your head and you want to start making good grooves and then you don't have to work at it so hard. It comes a little more natural. There's many more things I could tell you about that, but I will go on to the next one. Thoughts repeated become thoughts what? Ingrained. What's the opposite of fear? Trust, yeah, hope. Mm -hmm. So let's read this verse. The Lord is on my side. I will not. Would you say that again? I will not. Can you say it like you mean it? I will not fear. Actually, there is a benefit to saying things out loud. Did you know that? It gets set out of your head and you hear it. Just don't say it when other people are around and they think you're talking. And Yeah. And here's another thing. Fear. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I like that acronym. Because we need to recognize that actually what we worry about, 99% of what we worry about never happens. What a lot of energy we've spent on that. It really sets us up for failure. And you know, the Lord really believes in the truth. The devil will bring up a lot of dread and he wants to continue your sinful thinking. But whatever does not proceed from the opposite of fear is what? Faith. Whatever does not proceed from faith is? Could you say that whole thing again? Whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Are you getting the story today? Are you getting the understanding about what we're doing? Okay. Jesus died for us, and he promised this. Would you read this? 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. So you may think that you have to work really hard at a lot of things, but all we need to do is ask the Lord to help us. And a lot of these things, again, are going to come. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So you don't have to sit there and go, oh, did I do my list today? or what? Like, I need to be focused on what I need to do. Seek God, work on the way I'm thinking, because he promised to change my mind. I need to stay focused with him, and I need to think about that God will help me. Um, this is from a psychiatrist. I'm sorry, a psychologist. She had panic attacks herself. I think broken people are some of the best helpers. Do you agree? And um, I know that I am lucky that I get to choose some of the coaches that come into Abide that I work in. And and there's people who say, you know, I've, I've got a history of bipolar. I've got a history of depression and anxiety. I'm like, you're the best person because you know what it's like and you can relate to the people. So, like, this is a really good thing. So, she also had panic attacks herself when she went through an ugly thing. And I said to her, um, could you tell me what you think? And she said, for combating problems, I really feel that reciting scripture is one of the best things that you can do. She said um, that I, when, in my opinion, it helps combat, combat worry, fear, and panic. She said, both anxiety and panic stem from a spirit of fear. And, you know, for God has given us a spirit of, not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. She said, the enemy whispers to us lies that give us in, make us go into worry, fear, and anxiety. And each time we take our eyes off of God, our provider, our sustainer, our healer, our deliverer, our refuge, we open the door to anxiety. When I walked through a very dark time, I participated in therapy, tried medications, ate a balanced diet, exercised, and made rest a priority. But nothing had as big of an impact as my reciting of Scripture. God promises that so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. I suggest reciting the scripture out loud because his word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes from the word of God. Well, I knew that it was really important to talk about it out loud. But anyway, so the Bible verses about stress can be very helpful. And again, on our website with the handouts, we have lots of Bible verses, but you also can Google them. Verses about for anxiety, verses about stress. You can find many of them and that should be a blessing to you. Also, reading the Word helps improve our insight, getting into our, I, our problems. People go, but my problem's not in the Bible. There's something about when you pray, the Lord helps talk to you about your problem. And so he actually has words for you when you're in his Word. So I want you to know that that happens and that um, it also helps us become aware of how God works in our lives. It helps us think about God more through the day. It changes our character and it clears up and sharpens our ability to think. Any of you need some sharpening? How many of you like to write with a dull pencil? Sometimes that dull pencil is in our head, and we need to be sharpened, don't we? So reciting Bible verses. There are some anxiety programs out there that ask you for 30 days to recite verses and see how your anxiety goes. And it does help a number of people. So here are some verses to encourage you. Would you read them with me? Therefore, do not worry. By the way, it's in big words, so like when you say that, I want you to be yelling at the classroom next to you, okay? Therefore, 
Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yes, I know we said that twice, but it's really good to remember it. Okay, let's do another one. Never worry about anything, but in every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. All right, here's another one. Casting all your worries on Him. He cares for you. Remember that self-esteem issue? He cares for you. Don't go back and tell your Creator that you don't really care about Him. All right. And then, let's do this again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. By the way, can you have a sound mind if you're in a spirit of fear? Didn't we talk about the pilots have to be really droll because when the emotions go, they aren't making logical decisions? Yeah. Very important. And what about, does it impact our love when we're being fearful? Yes, when we're not getting our needs met. Oh, we stop loving people. Yeah, and um, how much power do you feel when you're fearful? Not too good, right? All right. Here are, again, some resources that I want you to have. Recommended books. I, I just like these people, so doesn't mean that you have to like them too. But Healing Anxiety and Depression from Daniel Amen, End Mental Illness, Les Carter, The Worry Workbook. That sounds negative, doesn't it? But it helps you to write out things and then say, is this true and this right? Um, Neil Nedley, The Lost Art of Thinking. Boy, that's a powerful book. It's big and it's heavy. And he also did Proof Positive. He really works a lot about people's um, doing the natural things, like natural foods, etc. And then our handouts. If you have not gotten the handouts of techniques, I have more up here. And then all these other handouts, actually, if you don't think that you know how to use the Internet, I've got all the ones that I printed out, so you can have some of those. Um, the print, I mean, the handouts are at www.misda.org slash seminar dash handouts, period. That's my mistake, period. That's why it wasn't working yesterday. I pulled it up and I even put it on my Facebook page, so I know you can find it. I know, I have, I have confidence and trust in your ability. What? I will help you. Okay, and then finally, let's all stand and we'll have prayer. Tomorrow we're going to be working on some other techniques, and I'm so happy that you're here. So I hope that you'll come back. I really hope you'll come back because I want to keep working on you. The Lord's working on me too. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for each person here. I pray that you will be with them. I thank you for the ability to... Um, be able to have a PowerPoint that works and to be in a room where we can talk and actually look at each other's faces. I pray that these lessons and messages will go to the heart of the people that are struggling and that they will also be a benefit to the ones that they um, will impact in their circle. And thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you want so much for us, that you want us to be healthy so that we can be a right example of you when we meet other people. And I pray that you'll go with them for the rest of their camp meeting today. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org audio 2021. 
or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcast.